for all your building needs from concept to completion. Remember G&G Operators, located at 907 Liberal. They're locally owned and operated for all your building needs. With loaders of all shapes and sizes, G&G Operators can handle the toughest jobs to the simplest of tasks. They have several loaders and bobtail trucks to assist your needs. They support Dowhart. Let them help you build your dreams. Give them a call at 244-4297. That's 244-4297 for Dean, Chase, Curtis, and the crew at G&G Operators. In the know. To be knowledgeable or having access to information about something, being privy to special or new information, or this program on KXIT. It's time now for In the Know. Brought to you by your Dalhart Connection, bringing our community together with new and important information. With your host, Dyke Rogers, and this week's guest. Welcome to this week's edition of In the Know. I'm your host, Dyke Rogers, and our guest today is Jeff Bird, superintendent of Dalhart Schools. Jeff, welcome. Thank you, Dyke. We appreciate you having us again. Listen, this this program, I need to mention this every once in a while because the person who's paying for this program is G&G Enterprises, and we appreciate the fact that they are supportive of our school systems Absolutely. and they want uh, information out on what's going on. And I appreciate the fact that, Jeff, when you come in here uh, every month, you give us a full rundown on what's going on in the schools, very transparent, very good. And I think that uh, that the audience appreciates knowing what's going on in their school system. Well, it's it's their kids, their school, and their money, and they have a right to know where we're at with everything. Well, speaking of that, you've got a bond issue that passed, and yes, you, uh, you know, we talked about this before. This is kind of when all the work begins. Yes, uh, so, what's going on with the bond issue? Well, from a financial standpoint, um, I think that that the community will be excited. You know, we we when we went out and, and provided information for the bond, we told them that it would be 20.85 cents per $100 value on the INS debt. And we tried to be as conservative with that as we possibly could. And initially, we were looking at uh, that being a um, uh, on a 30-year note, and we're actually going to be able to do that on a 25-year note at that same amount. So in a 30-year in a period, moving from a 30-year note to a 25-year note, that's going to save our taxpayers $9 million. Wow, that's so a big number. we're excited about that. And we, it seems like we have a bond sale Zoom in preparation to get the information to the comptroller to get approved. Our bond sale will be on July the 25th. Uh, we're working with Live Oak through that process, and then they'll bring that information and provide that to the board on July the 25th at our board meeting next Tuesday, a week from today. Uh, our hope for our funding date will be August the 23rd, and we will call due the date. The call due date of the note being paid off would be February the fifteenth of two thousand and thirty-two. When Jeff probably will no longer be here for sure. <laughs> I won't uh, be sitting here either. So, but uh, it's good news that eventually it gets paid off. Yes, sir. And we we've moved that process up about five to six weeks. And as you're aware, they're making a lot of decisions on tax compressions and homestead. Uh, exemption you know and I'm, I'm a taxpayer too and and i'm grateful that i'll be paying less taxes as well but because they're doing all that we're moving the process up five to six weeks so whatever uh, 
whatever requirements the governor sets when he signs that into law, we will have met that and be eligible for the hold harmless on that. Okay, so talk to me about tax compression. What does that really mean? Well, there, there's tax compression, and, and again, we could make this a three-hour conversation, but as short time ago as 2019, the M&O side of things, our, our taxes were at a dollar four without voter approval, and then with voter approval, you could have 13 golden pennies added to that for a total of $1.17 maximum for your M&O taxes locally. And in 2020 or 2019, they started the compression, and obviously I wasn't in Dalhart, but I'm going to be very close in ballpark. We went from $1.04 per hundred on our M&O to probably $0.97 cents. Then we went from $0.97 cents to $0.94, cents. then we went to $0.92. Cents. In this past school year for 2022, we were at $0.87.57. And the legislation bill that's been pushed through by Senator Betancourt, and it's made its way through the Senate and the House of Representatives, it is calling for, I believe it is a $0.10.7 cents tax compression so you're going to take that 10.7 cents now from the 87.57 cents. We'll be about in a ballpark of 75 to 76 cents per $100 in our M&O. And when you think about in the last 20 years what they've done in tax compression, in 2007, everybody paid $1.50 per $100 in value. So from 2007 to 2023, we've gone from $1.50 per $100 in M&O to 75 cents it's literally been cut in half well you know i would be thrilled with that if my appraisal hadn't moved up about half yes and and that that's you know you're robbing peter to pay paul and our we're not paying less we're probably paying more but it's because of the values of our homes that have done that and that's not the, the local cads that are doing that they're following every requirement that the state has set forth with them so i certainly want to stand up and advocate for our two cad appraisal district offices and the staff members there they do an amazing job and it, it it might be one of the very few jobs in this community that's less thankless than the superintendent position <laughs> you mean people don't just go celebrate their local tax uh, well, collector they, they don't probably and or, nor their superintendent you know so not only are we losing funds on the tax compression side they're in and uh, why would everybody not be excited about this but Two years ago, we only got a $25,000 homestead exemption, and they moved it from 20, 25000 to 40000 And what legislation is approved and is providing for the governor to sign off on is a tax compression rate of $100,000. So we're going to lose $60,000 in value per homeowner that has, has a homestead exemption. Now, if you add the tax compression and the homestead exemption increase to the taxpayers, and I'm a taxpayer and I appreciate that as well, but when you do that, that's going to leave a $17 billion deficit in public education. Now, to combat that, legislation is telling us, and I'm certain that they are, that they're putting $17 billion in the school allotment to make up the difference for that. And I'm, there's no doubt in my mind that they'll be able to do that this school year and next year before the next biennium. But what nobody can a- answer is what's going to happen if they don't have that $17 billion 
to compensate for that? What's going to happen to public ed funding if they do that? Well, one of two things. Either we're going to have less funding, which is going to create some issues, or uh, there's going to be some tax increases that nobody's going to be crazy about, including our politicians. But that's kind of, I guess the good news in what you're saying here is real genuine tax relief is coming in the $100,000 exemption uh, because the compression and your valuations kind of turn out somewhere close to equal, but that is really a savings, which is going to help offset um, this this bond issue. So for local people who are taxpayers, not for the, for the uh, uh, gross amount that goes into the school, but for local taxpayers, that's a good thing. On the M&O side, that will definitely help them. It's been a challenge to maintain what we set for our INS debt because things are the values that we're basing that off have changed drastically because of those decisions. Yeah. Well, that's why the superintendent's job is such a good job, is because <laughs> you get a chance to figure out how to resolve that. Well, there was there was something in this uh, tax deal that turned out to be, I think, an issue, and that is that that I think every state employee got a raise except for teachers. Yes, sir. And teachers are, uh, I would think that maybe they feel a little less valued in that, and I certainly, I mean, I can see where they would, but I... I know that they're very valuable. So how do you handle that from a from a morale point of view in your school system? Well, uh, that, uh, I've got several different lanes to fill there. So before we bash them, I want to be part of the problem. And if you go in there and rant and raving and throw your hat out. Part of the problem or part of the solution? Uh, part of the solution. Thank oh, okay. Where I'm going with that is I've been in Austin many times, and, and Representative King, Representative Smithy, and Representative Price, who are in this panhandle area, have all had an open-door policy and been very willing to listen to the superintendents, and we appreciate that. And Kevin Sparks, who is our new senator, has also been willing to listen, as has Senator Perry out of Lubbock. Now, just because they're listening to us doesn't mean that, that things that we feel we need we're getting they're one piece of the puzzle down there and unfortunately in rural texas in the panhandle in west texas a lot of decisions are being made for urbanized areas and not rural areas but i've said a million times when it comes to public education perception outweighs reality and when i started going to austin in february they were kicking around giving every teacher in the state of Texas a $6,000 raise. There's no denying that today in today's market, it's harder to recruit and maintain and retain teachers than it's ever been before in the history of public education. Teachers feel devalued. Uh, community members and parents don't hold the teaching position to the same high esteem standard that they did when you and I were in public education. Uh, the benefits that we once had were were one of the perks to being a teacher, and you got the majority of your summer off. Well, the school years lengthened, the requirements have lengthened, the, the insurance benefits aren't what they used to be. Uh, TRS retirement's not what it used to be, and and we are 48th in, out of 50 states in the USA in salary on the average salary. Wow! So we're 48th out of 50 states. That doesn't mean we're only two from the top. That's correct. And where I'm going with that is the perception in in 
when you go and ask any average teacher that pays attention to legislation, the perception is is that $6,000 raise that was being kicked around is kind of being held hostage. And it's being held hostage because the vouchers that that uh, several individuals are really pushing for didn't get pushed through. We've had two special sessions, and the governor made a priority in both of those special sessions and special session one and two to make sure that there was some tax relief to the taxpayers. And I believe firmly before September that there will be a third session and possibly a fourth session. And my 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 hope and desire is that in that four, third or fourth session, that the governor, the lieutenant governor, the speaker of the house, and and our senators will look at perception. We're short teachers. We can't get people to come to this profession. Every state employee in the state of Texas outside of public education got a 5% raise. If you were a public school teacher and every employee in the state of Texas got a 5% raise but you, what would your perception be? Did you know G&G is a family-owned and operated business? Dean and Gay are very excited to say that all of their children and their spouses play a role in the day-to-day work at G&G Operators. Their son, Chase Graham, is a current operations manager in Dalhart. Along with his wife, Rebecca Graham, she does any of the daily tasks that may arise. Chase Graham is also beginning to take over many of the daily responsibilities of the business. The oldest daughter, Chansey Graham Carrot, and her husband, Josh Carrot, own a trucking company that helps with the daily deliveries of a variety of products, along with assisting with the shop. The youngest daughter, Chanessa Graham Slama, along with her husband, Judd Slama, handle the day-to-day activities of handling feed for a large supplier here in Dalhart. G&G prides itself on being family-oriented and family-run, with all of the siblings, along with close family friend, Curtis Thomas, holding a partnership in the business. Well, it wouldn't be that I was highly valued, so I hope that uh, our listeners will call our legislators and say to them, let's support our teachers and let's get them the raise they deserve. And frankly, $6,000 today probably doesn't keep up with the inflation that we've had the last two years. Yeah, I, I would wholeheartedly agree with that, you know, and uh, when you're speaking of vouchers, and I've got to be careful not to uh, let my tailpipe overload my mouth. I think that at some point that's coming down the pipe. It's going to happen. I'm not opposed to school choice. I'm not opposed to school accountability. But if you're going to push the voucher system where I believe legislation has struggled in the state of Texas mightily is the decisions they make today, they're not prepared for down the five to ten years down the road. And here's what I believe will happen when the voucher systems are passed. And and I'm not opposed to vouchers. I'm not opposed to school choice. What I'm opposed to is different rules and standards. And you've got three choices when it comes to the voucher systems. Doc. Number one is they pass the voucher systems and whoever chooses to take that funding is going to be held to the same accountability standards as public educators and public education school systems are. And the problem with today's world is is there's a very few group in the homeschoolers and the private school systems that actually want that funding because they know eventually there's going to be strings attached to it and they don't want to follow those rules. And I, and I understand that. 
as an example, if you were a private school and you're you're able to teach Christianity, which I'm all for, I can't teach Christianity. Are you willing to give that up to take the funding? So here's what's going to happen. A, they give the vouchers that take them are held to the same standards that we are. That's not going to happen. You and I both know that. Your second choice is, is they, and I'm all about accountability. We should be held accountable for teaching children. The deck's got to be fair. So the second option they have are they le- they they have some rest- they lessen the restrictions on the accountability system for public educators. You and I both know they're not going to do that. And here's what I'm talking about: a decision made today, where's that going to lead to tomorrow? Somewhere in the next two to six years, if they pass a voucher system and they hold the public school system to different standards than they hold the homeschoolers or the private schoolers, somebody's going to have a lawsuit against the state of Texas that will make the U.S. Supreme Court and the state of Texas will lose because it's going to be discriminative. The kids that can't afford to go to private schools, the parents that can't afford to homeschool their children, even with the voucher system, are going to have to send their kids to public schools. And those kids are, somebody is going to sue, whether it's a special education student or a minority student, there will be a group or organization that will gather forces and they'll sue the state of Texas for discrimination. And I'm going to tell you, they're going to lose. Yeah. No, that's a, hey, there's not a really good solution on this. If I were, I think if I were in Houston or Dallas or San Antonio or Austin, I would be a whole lot more supportive of vouchers than I am in a rural school system because your choices here really are very limited in what you're going to do. So I'm a person who's in favor of continuing to improve our public education because most of our kids are going to be going to public school. The large majority of them will. And make no mistake, I'm not looking for a fight. I think that the DSA and the, the Catholic school both do a phenomenal job of instructing and educating kids. And in Dalhart, Texas, they've made it work for years. It's of great benefit to the public school and the two private schools. There's a big enough piece of the pie for all of us. We support them, they support us, and we make it work. I'm not looking for a fight. I just need some equality for our public school system with the decisions that our legislatures are making. And they've made it a challenge. Yeah, it is a challenge. Well, before we end today, because we're going to run out of time here soon, and this has been a really interesting discussion, um, where are you on moving forward with the with the school and design and, okay. and that sort of thing? Well, and I, I'm, I apologize. I kind of carried right around. No, no. I think, I think our public wants to hear exactly what we're talking about. Well, so we, we've, we've, we're about at the tail end of the financing end of it. The next phase that we've already started is we've We've met about four times with Corrigan, and Corrigan's the architectural firm that the district has agreed to work with. Our first meeting was about a month ago, and in that meeting we had an oversight bond committee meet, uh, team. Uh, it was a small team, and it will expand when we get to that point, but we had uh, staff members, administrators, teachers, uh, community members, board members, and we met and we started the foundation and we gave them ideas of what our vision was for the new elementary or the new intermediate school and after that meeting they came back and we met two other times we just met last week and we'll meet again tomorrow the architectural firm provided four skeletons of a large building they're five different buildings we narrowed it down to the building that we felt would meet our needs for third through fifth grade in Dalhart the best they went back 
back with the skeleton of the building and now they're going to start the individualization of administration offices special ed services the third grade wing a fourth grade wing a fifth grade wing music cafeteria p gym so we're really excited and looking forward to the design that they bring back and after we get we've got the skeleton of the structure of the building now we're going to design the internal part of the building once we approve that we'll meet with the cafeteria crew and they'll have what they think they need in the cafeteria and in the kitchen, down to the music teacher, down to the PE teacher, uh, the department heads in third, fourth, and fifth grade, the administration, the special ed, will be able to individual and itemize each little group. Everybody's going to have input, not say so, but input in the finalization and the details of the building. And, and it's really progressing really quickly. Uh, to the outside, it may not look like that, but. I spend about 25 hours of my week on bond, and I have to hustle to get my job as a superintendent done around that. That's great. Well, listen, we're going to run out of time here. But, Jeff, this has been a very uh, interesting discussion today. Uh, Looking forward to future ones again. uh, G&G, thank you for sponsoring this and getting out the information to the public. Uh, This has been uh, In the Know part of the Dalhart Connection. So be sure and go to kxit.com to hear this episode or any past episodes uh, for community info. Jeff, thank you very much. Hey, thank you. We'll for see you later. Good afternoon, and thank you for calling G&G Transmix. This is Curtis. How can I help you? I was hoping to get some concrete supplies for a project I was wanting to start, but I wasn't sure if you could help. It's just a home project. Nothing like the giant projects I know you do for commercial buildings. Of course we can help. We love bringing big, small, and in-between dreams come to life. If you need five yards or 500, we would love to supply you with anything you need. We also have rebar, rebar chairs, wire mesh, and anything else you need for your concrete project. Perfect. I am so glad I called you today. Tell me about your dream, and I'll help you put together everything you need to make it happen. At G&G Transmix, they can help bring dreams of all sizes to life. Call them today at 244-4298, and they can get you any concrete or supplies you need. G&G Transmix is excited to keep you in the know about all Dalhart ISD news and updates.